Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. So welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by an amazing panel who are here to discuss how to implement a work-life balance into teams. It's a topic that is really relevant at the moment with the majority of kind of tech businesses and also non-tech businesses adapting to the COVID-19 pandemic and also keeping a remote working policy that will last well into the future as well. So I know we've all got a number of different topics to discuss, and this is such an interesting conversation. Um, But before we delve deeper into the topic, let's kind of work our way around the room with some introductions. So I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. Now, it can be something you're passionate about in work, outside of work, it can be personal, it can be be anything. Um, so, yeah, Johanna, if you want to kick us off. Uh, okay, yeah, my name is Johanna Beltrag, uh, and I'm working as a head of engineering at Avanza. Uh, and what am I passionate about at work? I love like being in a team, working with teams and making kind of um, the best um, um, yeah, so you have the, the right culture and everything to make people grow. That I think is really interesting. Um, and other things uh, that is not, but I can do at work as well. I love yoga and uh, like running, <laughs> some other passions. Yeah, short introduction. Oh, nice. No, I think it's um, it's a, a great, a great passion to have. I am. Um, I do hot yoga sometimes, which I don't know if you've ever tried it. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> quite interesting you know it's uh it definitely does get hot which i know it's in the title so you know what you're signing up for um <laughs> but it's definitely an experience <laughs> try that i will try that <laughs> yeah um perfect and lucas we'll come to you yeah hi so my name is lucas malta i'm an engineering manager at spotify um yeah passionate about a lot of things uh, it's a bit cliche but i'm passionate about music um, it's been a big thing in my life since forever. Um, I love playing the guitar. Um, I love all kinds of music, experimentations, and, and so on. Um, I'm also very passionate about reading, especially older books, when time passes much slower than, than it is today. So I think it kind of brings me to a, a different state of mind, uh, reading older books. And I'm also passionate about yoga, um, not only the physical practice, but also the philosophy behind it and the teachings. I think that has had a major impact in my life. Oh, nice. No, I think that's good. Um, it's nice we've already got some kind of commonalities and something in common. Um, that's that's really good. And Tracy, we'll, we'll come to you. Okay, yes. Hello. Uh, my name is Tracy Broderick. I am a technical product manager at Creativity. I used to actually work at Spotify as well. Um, Been in Stockholm for about two years from from California. I am passionate about, when it comes to work, organizing chaos. Mm -hmm. I have a special love for organizing chaos and strategy. 
um, and helping people realize their potential. And um, I was passionate about travel. Um, <laughs> hopefully I will be passionate about that again soon, fingers crossed. And yeah, like I love like cooking and music, obviously love music, concerts and a big movie buff as well. Oh, nice. I know I'm a massive fan of travel as well. I think um, out of everything, it really makes you, the pandemic, it really makes you realise what you enjoy the most and how not having a vacation, not having a time to relax and, and going on holiday, it really can affect you and it's, it's tough at the minute. Um, I keep holding out and I know I've spoke to so many people about this, um, kind of hoping that by the end of the year, travel will be back to normal. You'll be able to go to all the different countries, but who knows? Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. And last but not by no means least, Anna. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna Tonquist. I'm head of a development unit. Uh, we develop software for um, the customer meeting, customer service, contact center platforms, uh, Achelia. And uh, well, passionate, I'm also passionate about a lot of things. So uh, yoga, yes, go for it. Uh, I've tried hot yoga, but that was not my thing. So I, I stick with, uh, you know, classic Ashtanga. Uh, but, uh, you know, work-wise, um, I really enjoy, you know, I'm passionate about customer service, what you can do for your customers, how you can simplify the daily lives by using modern cool technology. I think that's very, very interesting. I like to cook as well. So, and, and definitely I would like to travel. So, um, I mean, <laughs> we have a lot of things in common. <laughs> Great to be here. Oh, definitely. No, it's nice to, to kind of get a group of people together who all, all have similarities and differences. Um, but no, thank you for that, guys. I think now we've established kind of a context and a, a bit of um, a bit of similarity and, and passions and people are aligned. It's really nice to kind of move on onto the topic that we're going to discuss. Um, so we've all kind of posed a question or a statement so usually we'll work around the room and kind of I'll ask you about your questions and the reasons behind it it'll just give you the opportunity to give your take on the situation your kind of advice and insights um but yeah so let's just get straight into it um Johanna your your question was quite a, quite an interesting one and it was um what are the important values you need in a company to get the right culture to kind of affect a positive work life balance um, i thought this was a good one so yeah tell us more <laughs> yeah uh, and i am uh, i'm looking forward to hear your other <laughs> answers of course as well um but i think it's really kind of there is where you start, like what culture you have at your company. Um, because if you have a culture where you can let people to um, have keep their energy to to like be themselves and everything, that will help. But one value that I think is it's very important is that you trust your people, that you give them responsibility, and that that will include I think everything that is um, like work and life balance. Like if you trust your your um, employees, that they will. Of, for example, go training in lunch and they will like, that's okay that they do that and they can do that together and they can, it could be another thing that um, they have daily meetings and they do like uh, maybe yoga or like the, we had the one team that did meditation. They sat uh, for uh, five minutes meditating in the, when we were at the office, but that was really nice to see that, to be kind of feel secure enough to do that at your work. That will help you with work-life balance. Uh, so 
that's one value I think is really important in many aspects uh, of like trusting your uh, employees. And then helping each other is another value, like uh, that you're not depending on heroes, that you're building teams that help each other uh, so that you can, you're not on your own. So if you uh, have a tough, uh, maybe something uh, in your private life, uh, that someone will step up and help you. So you always feel that you're, uh, yeah, not the pressure in the same way, I think. Um, another thing that is okay with mistakes uh, that you can try different things and you feel if you're making a mistake, you won't be like, they won't look up who did the mistake. It's more like, how can we do prevent this in the future together? Uh, I think that also helps because I think work-life balance, you're one person. So you're the same person at uh, like uh, after work and at work. So uh, you need to keep those energy levels uh, and then you, yeah. So of course that will um also uh, affect like how, how you feel at work but now I, I can go on but I, I would love to hear what you others <laughs> um, yeah I think one thing I'll definitely add to that is I think it's very important that the company itself talks about it especially leadership um, and what they they themselves are doing and so that they can set a good example and almost role model what they hope to see um, because when they are not taking that time you can be maybe worried that others uh, maybe you shouldn't be but when they're talking about it when they're talking about mental health physical well-being um johanna you mentioned like having uh, meditation like company mm -hmm. kind of sponsored meditations yoga yeah. all of that is important but the fact when people talk about it is mm -hmm. key yeah i totally agree and i think that management should also be you know showing how much you should work not working late sending emails all the all over the place at any hour so so that could also be like you know setting the culture when and and showing that uh, it's a life in balance not to work all the time yeah for me if, if i if i look back at the different companies i have worked for i think there's some kind of pattern uh, more traditional companies that usually have one single bottom line, which is profit is what we are optimizing for, right? We need to increase some kind of shareholder value. Um, so everything else comes comes as an afterthought. And mental health comes as an after, afterthought as well. There's some some new, if you take newer companies, there's this kind of a new perspective emerging that a company really needs multiple bottom lines. You need to pay attention to the local community, you need to pay attention to the environment and making sure that uh, you are, uh, you have a good employee satisfaction also becomes something key. And once you have that as a bottom line, I think then the other things start trickling down. Um, then you have, it affects your culture, it affects your values. Um, then uh, as Tracy said, then you have kind of, for example, at, at Spotify, um, uh, both our mental health program, Heart and Soul, but also the initiatives on diversity and inclusion, they're not an afterthought. They're something that they're there in the decision-making of the company and all the big decisions we make, they are there. So then, of course, there is uh, a stronger push for um, better work-life balance and a better relationship towards uh, work. So, so I think. Yeah, I think that's a key that you're mentioning, that you're kind of talking about how employees are important and the customers, of course, but if you can't do it without your employees and instead of talking about, um, yeah, money and, and whatever else. So, yeah, really good.
Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a good point there, kind of one leading by example and, and definitely looking after the people on the team because if you've got an unhappy team, it just makes everything else so much more difficult. Um, but yeah, there's some good ideas in there and I think um, a lot more companies will push on kind of the, like you mentioned, the, the mental health side of things, the diversity and inclusion. As a recruiter, kind of seeing what companies' initiatives are, it can really attract people to to the company if they know okay well they they really promote a work-life balance I've heard that this company do this um so no I think it's some there's some really interesting thoughts there on, on how to to improve it and especially now after or, or, or when it will be an after or the new after uh, the pandemic uh, that uh, the company that will be something that really matters if it's flexible or not how will uh, do you want all your staff to be back at office or do you want the mix or whatever that that really of course uh, uh, is something that's important i think for the for everybody and will affect their work-life balance as well no you are really right I think um, it's you've got to think of the future now haven't you because we will return to some kind of normal at some point um, and it's nice to implement these things and have these ideas for the future as well yeah nice but then also Lucas I think so your question was was a good one and it kind of leads on nicely um, and it's it's how do you measure the work-life balance for for the team so obviously definitely definitely important like um, Johanna said and we want to get these um, initiatives implemented but how do you actually measure it? Yeah I think uh, we all agree that this is an important topic uh, that's why we're here so uh, how do you know that the policies you have in place, the changes you put in place, how, how do you know that they are working? Right? So how do you measure it? I think it's um, so that's what I would love to hear from you, uh, your thoughts around this. Is this, this there a good way to measure it? Um, I think it's starting actually by defining and uh, work, work life balance. There's a chance that different places define it in different ways. So we're potentially measuring different things, but as long as it works. Um, I think for me, I as a manager, the the way I've found to measure it is actually by talking to people. And of course, they need the right level of psychological safety for people to be able to share and for you to be able to share, which understand kind of uh, what's going on with this person, both inside and outside work up to a certain extent. And then having this work-life um, balance as not as like not as a balance like i do eight hours at work i do eight hours of me time and that's fine but i want a much more kind of broader perspective of what is the relationship towards work what is the relationship outside work putting this all in kind of a big picture and trying to understand if this person and it's the same um approach i use to myself is this being a fulfilling uh journey so it's more like a qualitative approach to, to measuring it. So um, I'd love to hear other people have a different different approach to measuring work-life balance. I, I really agree uh, with you there because I think um, I think it's a bit uh, 
dangerous. <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear what you have to say if you measure it, because I think it's different for different people. So it's a bit hard. So I would prefer also to have those individual conversations to find out what is the best work balance for you. Uh, I made a mistake once. Um, I think it's really important not to be emailing each other at the evening. So I'm very clear <laughs> about that. Uh, but that's actually one of my employees uh, afterwards gave me feedback that that was also stressed her because Sometimes she wanted to be able to work at evening, not sending emails maybe, but she found that that was not okay. And of course it was okay for her to do job, but not to affect her colleagues. <laughs> that was the point. So you kind of need to, to talk more uh, with, with your people, I think. Uh, I think it's hard to measure it by a, by a number, but yeah, what do you say? <laughs> Yeah, and I absolutely, I'll, I'll third that on ultimately it's talking to the people, um, the people that you work with and the people that you manage. Um, because And there's a certain amount of trust that you trust that they know what's good for them and you check in because um, people do work differently and take things on. And um, I worked in television for a while and in that industry, it's a lot of people will work for like three, four, five months straight. I mean, you're working like 12, 14 hour days, but then they take the same amount of time off. And that's how they prefer to balance it. Um, so it's making sure that you're checking in and then you trust and asking uh, good questions to make sure that they're still in a good place, even though it seems like they might be working more than they actually are. Um, and then I know companies themselves are trying to find uh, their own ways, like using Office Vibe to just check in and ask questions to see the trend um, and what's going on within the company to measure stress, especially right now with like, how is your working from home impacting so that they can get clues as well that maybe not be bubbling up when we talk to our, to our people. I was wondering maybe one way of sort of measuring or getting some kind of indication. We have time reporting where I work, so I can see quite easily if people work more than 100% 40 hours a week. And then, of course, uh, that gives me quite a good way of, you know, then you can have your individual discussion about, I can see that you have worked a lot. So I think that's a really good tool for me as a manager to just follow up and check that they are, as you said, Tracy, they are working a lot, but then they need to sort of work less uh, and not save all of those hours year after year and, and then it will not end very well. So so that's might be one way of measuring or giving some indication, at least if you have time reporting, but everyone doesn't have that. So, and I was sort of thinking while I heard you, you speak here and have this discussion about, maybe we can see in the, the numbers of the turnover when it comes to staff, if people are leaving us, maybe that could be an indication that this, the work, workplace we have, the culture we have is not that, you know, nice or, or, or competitive. I mean, that uh, companies that can offer their, uh, their co-workers uh, a nice balance in life might be more attractive. So they might leave us. So maybe, I don't know, but those numbers could be something you can look at. And I think on that point, exit interviews are really important. Um, now, I think psychological safety can affect how honest people are, but uh, that can be important to help gauge if what you're seeing and why you're seeing has to do with work-life balance. Yeah, definitely. I think um, 
there's really that's a really good point of kind of the the exit interview because that's when like you said people would probably be be quite honest if they're if they're already leaving um and yeah the time reporting tool is a good tip as well I, I didn't even think of that and it's a tough one because everybody works differently and I think like you said it's it's hard to know whether someone is overworking or if their capacity if they're able to kind of work that much and and be able to do that um which actually does kind of really bring us on nicely to to your question Tracy of how work life balance can indirectly affect others um and I think you was thinking along the lines of kind of how people are different and how they work differently and and how that can relate to each other yeah um and I guess I'll first start because this got brought up in the in Johanna's first question. As a leader, you really have to think about how you're perceived and talking about like sending emails after hours, slacking after hours, because in especially like I would say more corporate or old school cultures, you know, like you do not leave till the boss leaves type of thing. And so if you're doing that, even though the company might say don't work too much. But if you see your leaders working too much, well, maybe it's not true. Maybe there's some underlying thing that you're not realizing. Um, and then just knowing how each person does balance their work. Um, I've had experiences where uh, one individual was concerned because someone kept picking up um, like on-call shifts and things for the weekend. And his, was con- his concern was first, does he think that he needs to pick these up? Second, is he doing? Is he overworking? Um, should we make sure that he uh, is is good and balancing his stress? And then third is, are what type of example might it be setting for new joiners on the team or new hires? Thinking, well, if they're doing this, do I also need to do this? Uh, despite what's happening, um, so that's something that really kind of be managed is everyone's different and making sure that you're not. Um, um, that you realize what's happening and how it might be perceived. And I've worked also in environments where there was an underlying tone of you're kind of rewarding the language you're using for the people who end up working over the weekend to get something done and they get rewarded by and um, getting kudos for that. That can also be a dangerous path to go down um, for others and what you're setting the example for. I really agree with that thing. If you have like the... The, the, see how you say it, like the, the employee of the quarter or whatever you call it. And then when you're reading up the um, nomination and if it says like, oh, you worked so much, you did this and this and uh, like that, that has happened <laughs> that you need to comment on that, that you realize how, how will it, this affect other people? So I really agree with you there that you need to be thinking about that in all different areas. Yeah, I think that this is a super interesting question, um, especially when we talk. We talked a few times already. Um, for example, when you get an email from your boss 9 p.m. on Friday, and it has a very strong effect. But it's interesting if we take a step back and um, think a little bit about how, how did we end up here, right? Why, why does this have this effect that it does on us? And if you go back to the like 200 years ago in the... We went from being an agricultural society to the Industrial Revolution, where factories became the center pillar and the driver of economies. Um, suddenly, we went from having villages to having a lot of people in a single place and having to coordinate a lot of people at scale. 
And then I think the way people found to, to do this is to concentrate everyone in a single place and to synchronize everyone's time. So suddenly it's better to have everyone in a factory, everyone working from nine to five or nine to six or whatever. And that, that was the way they found to kind of uh, coordinate all these massive amounts of people uh, at the scale that we didn't have before in terms of work. And then this kind of uh, it became like a so such a strong um, part of our culture that was uh, I was talking to a friend the other day and he's a writer and he was uh, I asked him how he how he works and he, he told me that he works from nine to five and that is crazy because it's it's writing you have nothing to do with the factory and it has been like two hundred year gold thing why are you working from nine to five and it's like such a strong part of what we do and getting out of this it's it almost like we we become like a frameless uh, kind of uh, society since when well, once we remove the nine to five, so what is what, what do we replace this with? Um, so I think we're entering this new quantum state uh, in terms of our relationship to work. So suddenly, if you get an email nine p.m. from Friday, and Friday nine p.m., it might not mean that this person is working. It might mean that simply the person spent the afternoon with the kids or the person spent the afternoon, I don't know, watching movies and decided that for whatever reason it was better to work during the night. Uh, so we see, so Spotify has now been working from anywhere. So you can basically work from whatever country you want. It has a Spotify office. And this message comes with a lot of uh, strong, there's a second message, which is we are desynchronizing time. So you work when it's when it's effective. We are demassifying space and we're desynchronizing time. So it comes with the opposite of what we had but then kind of understanding that this is the new norm, that getting this email, it's, it means nothing right now. I think this is critical for people to start kind of thinking that, okay, this is this is might, might mean something totally different. Um, so I think having this common understanding um, within the team that um, this is how we work now, I think it's very important to reduce or release all these uh, prejudices and, and old practices that we had for 200 years and simply don't make sense anymore. But, but then, that, yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Jana, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just thinking that then it's really important that you talk about it uh, because of course we're going to do this shift or we're already there. And I think now it's not emails, it's Slack or it's whatever, it's chat <laughs> you get all the time. Uh, but you need to talk about it if you're a team, for example, like how, so you don't feel the pressure to answer and, and like how, how should we respond to this and that. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right, but I think it's an important question to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I was sort of thinking about the self leadership in this that it's important to talk talk to with our co workers about the fact you also have to put up boundaries. And if you work in an environment like Spotify, where we work all over the world, it's a completely different setting and, and, and prerequisites than we have in Tilia, where we work in Sweden, all of us. Uh, so, so it differs. But talking about that you know when you can work whenever you want to okay then you also have to be very good at setting these these rules and and maybe not open your email after a certain time whenever that is a good time for you you will open it but you know everything everything is is very you know uh, comes down to the individual so you have these dialogues and and people some are better of on having this you know ways of working that 
works better and not get that stressful. So that that's important, the self-leadership, I think. But also, like as Tracy was talking about, how the, does this affect others? And, and uh, I, I mean, obviously, we are each other's working environments. So everything we do, if we have a culture that is very stressful, we work a lot, we will inevitably, by being stressed when we talk to others, uh, affect them in a negative way. So there you have this downward spiral going. So if you can create a culture uh, where you talk a lot, lot about life and balance, you, you can gain and, and you, you if you live like that, everyone, you will influence others to be more in balance, I think, at least. Yeah, I, I think... Just... Sorry, you, got, you yeah. can go. Yeah, just comment on, I think it was super interesting you said about the self-leadership. I think this is so important in this new era that we are entering, because again, the nine to five, everyone at the office was a lot of a framing around what work is. When do you work when you don't work, right? And, and with this gun, if you don't have the discipline and the self-leadership to say, this is how I do, you can easily overdo it. So. I think it's a, it's a very critical uh, skill for everyone entering this uh, the new space. No? And I think it becomes a particularly interesting as being a manager of people who are spread out because you want them to have a good working environment. And so sometimes you will then stretch yourself Mm -hmm. to wake up at a certain time or work later and you might put and it's important to put those breaks in but it becomes a challenge for yourself to make sure you have that balance when um you know like i've woken up at 6 a.m for stand-ups because the team was in most of the team was in dublin and like how to navigate that and then but then uh the other half of the team was like over in korea so then you're in having to work later so also navigating for yourself how do you make sure that they have a good work-life balance without overextending yourself yourself because you usually put your people first. Yeah, I can imagine. It's a big responsibility, isn't it? Having um, a team and being able to kind of try and implement a work-life balance. I Just something I wanted to ask is kind of, as managers, what have you seen that are good kind of initiatives to, to implement that? Um, what I mean by this, so I, I spoke with someone over at um, Star Stable Entertainment, the gaming company, recently, and she said, obviously a lot of her team are gamers, so they're at the computer to games, and what one person does is they'll have one side of the kitchen table for their work, and then say it's five o'clock and they want to go and game, they'll then move to the other side of the table, so then in their head they've switched from kind of, I'm doing some work to it to I'm gaming and um, but yeah what kind of initiatives or strategies or techniques do, do you guys have or your teams have to kind of get the work-life balance and get the switch yeah one thing I think you already heard of course but it's just take a walk or like do something so you kind of I think for me it would not be enough to just switch seat at the table I need to kind of do something else to get and that's also regarding work-life balance to give my kids the my full attention I need to do something else in between the work because otherwise I still have work in my head if I just go from um, yeah, my room I'm sitting in now to the kitchen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the best thing is to, to get out and do something quickly. Just maybe a quick, 
yeah, walk or just I have uh, animals, so I go out and take care of them maybe. <laughs> and they don't ask so much, so <laughs> you kind of get the focus on them. So shift the kind of uh, environment and doing what's best for you. Maybe go out running or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a few things. One is actually being very specific around your space. Like I do not let my work go outside of the office. Like I don't work in my living room or kitchen or I don't take it. Like I'm not on my work phone. Like when I'm laying in bed to like check email, like I'm very, very precious of where the work happens and where it doesn't. I've had people will, uh, will commute to work in the morning, which they just go out and like walk around the block just to have that like, it's almost like discon like disconnect that you're not going home, you're going to work. Um, and just being very cognizant of like actually leaving email and Slack and everything within those hours and like being super disciplined about not looking at your like work phone, which can be hard. Um, uh, in a previous job, we actually had to turn someone's uh, like revoke someone's access so that they would actually go on vacation because otherwise they were just working on their vacation and it's just not. And uh, that it was it was drastic, but it needed it needed to happen. How did that person? Was it grateful after, or how how did that person react after the holiday? They were. We made sure that they got a text saying you're not fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they were they were grateful. Actually, I would say his family was grateful. Maybe more so than himself, his family was very grateful, and he did appreciate it. It was a little heavy-handed, but um, it worked out. And it, this was like one of the first times he could actually disconnect. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the it's never been harder to disconnect. I think as Tracy said, I think the phone is one of the, the culprits because you can leave your office, you can shut your computer. But you have your phone there looking at you with all those icons looking at you. So it almost feels like the fear of missing out is it's such a horrid thing that you always think that there might be something new in my email, might be something new in my uh, Slack or whatever. I, I, I watched that. There was a presentation, I think, with someone from Facebook, and he was telling how addicted he was to reading emails. And I remember I said, oh, this is such a ridiculous thing. How can you get addicted to reading emails? And then I realized that I'm also addicted to reading emails. So there's a lot of those things that uh, if you have a phone in your hand, you can do, just do that all the time. I, as an anecdote, I also it was, um, I read an article the other day, uh, this, this person in uh, one of the tech companies in, in Silicon Valley, and he was saying that um, before the first thing he, would to do, he used to do before was to wake up pick up his phone and check Tinder, and now he pick up his phone and check Slack. So it's a very depressing reality. And I think having a better uh, relationship with the phone, I think is critical to maintain a good separation from work. Yeah, good, good tip tips from everyone. Uh, I, I find it really difficult to disconnect, so I don't have any good advice, but now uh, from you, thank you. But it is important, it's hugely important. The brains we have are not designed to, you know, you want this reward all the time, so we tend to look into the, the inbox.
too much. That's a problem. I try to. Some people take take all those things away, like social media and stuff, when they have holiday. But I at least put it all in the in the box, like in the calendar or what you call it, in the map, like really back in the phone, so I couldn't see it. I need, I needed to like go switching to find it, and that helped. Uh, and also in the beginning, in the you had a kind of, um, but then uh, it was a, a function where you could put on that it was uh, on the phone said something. I, I don't remember that you. You shouldn't use it or something and that worked maybe for five days and then your kind of finger <laughs> did something you can go like uh, you don't need to do this thing and you can yeah or go on the phone and every anyway so it's really addicting <laughs> i agree uh, but many people do this i think it's really if they, if you have the discipline to put it the phone in a kind of have a box or a place for it and let it be there uh, yeah i've yeah. tried <laughs> So it's such a tough one. Like even it's so easy to do. Like you said, Lucas, literally clicking on your email app. Like I, I went out for lunch and I checked it probably three, four times over the space of an hour. Not because I thought I was getting an email or there was something that was like a burning issue. It's almost like autopilot. Like you just do it like naturally. It's it's really really tough. Um, but yeah, I think disconnecting is definitely definitely an important thing in terms of work life balance. Um, but yeah, Anna, we'll, we'll come to you for your question, which is one I'm, I'm so interested in. Um, and I'd love to hear some kind of solutions for this because I struggle with it myself. Um, but it's, yeah, how to make time for kind of training or physical exercise or, or doing doing that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, I think it's hugely important for our health and, and fitness to, to you know, get moving and, and have some exercise. And I, I do really want to emphasize I'm not talking about you know running a marathon here or, or something becoming a world champion in, in heavy lifting uh, it's definitely not and i think that's one of the problems there is so much you know uh you have to perform all the time so that could sort of <laughs> frighten some people but but i mean definitely now in pandemic times we we're sitting in the same spot day after day and and we know that uh moving is really good for us in many ways so so uh, but there are like two contradicting forces, contracting forces here, like it goes against the nature. We are born to be lazy and save energy, right? So, so that's one thing we have to fight, that the brains are telling us, do not move uh, part of the, the evolution. And that, that was, of course, very good uh, early on when, when you had to work to find food. But uh, now it's it's um, uh, contradictive. So. Uh, but then the other way, one is to find time because we're so occupied. Every one of us has uh, families, jobs, interests, other engagements, right? And we work a lot. Many work a lot. So how how do we solve this? And maybe I I don't know. Um, I mean the the science says you have to sort of exercise 150 minutes per week or something like that in order to get the the benefits. Uh, so so squeeze that into your calendar could be <laughs> challenging right yeah so uh, I have a few tips and maybe you have some tips and, and we can sort of um, um, discuss them so I think one of them is not to do it too complicated every step every kind of exercise counts it doesn't have to be that specific yoga hot yoga whatever it's yoga or you get out for a run you take a walk uh, if you're going to find the special training for the special day with a special person, it is very complicated and, and it's sort of difficult to make it happen. So that's one thing. 
Then I also think it's important to get it into your calendar, <laughs> schedule some training uh, so you don't get anything else there. And and whether you want to train in the morning, the lunch, and I think you, you had a mention, have a dialogue with your manager. I would be very positive if someone came to me and said, hey, and I want to to go for a run on the lunch. Can I have a longer lunch? Go for it. You can take the whole afternoon. I mean, that's part of this flexible working um, um, way of working we have today that is good because you can actually train or exercise if you want to. Uh, but then you have to make it a priority, right? And and maybe you should talk if you have a family that wants your time or someone else in or near you. It has to be prioritized. And that's maybe in theory, not a big thing, but in practical terms and actually make it happen. Uh, when you're there, time for to go to the gym, you always feel that something else might be more uh, more important. Uh, so those were the tips I had. Maybe you have a few others. Let me hear you. You you train all of you. Do you or go to the gym? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're shaking your head. <laughs> I don't believe you, <laughs> or I do. <laughs> but I think one thing is, uh, as you said, uh, putting it in your calendar. Like walk and talks is very good, but also to plan it to kind of that say when you have it in the calendar, it is a walk and talk because otherwise it's also easy to maybe no, I sit, stay here and do it. That's one thing. I've tried loads of different things, but we do yo yo. We did both running and yoga and other exercises uh, when we were at the office, and I really enjoyed it because um, it's a good way both to exercise and then to get to know people from other departments and everything. So the yoga we continue with now on Zoom, um, but then you you don't see each other the same way, but at least you're doing the yoga, so that's one thing. Um, I've tried, and this is of course different for different people, but uh, I'm, I'm doing a run streak and you can do a walk streak instead <laughs> or whatever ex exercise. But the, the good thing with a streak that you do it every, every day, I feel is that um, it's not if I'm going to do it, it's when today am I going to do it. So otherwise it's so easy to choose uh, the couch or the <laughs> watch the TV series or something. So that helped me. Uh, but uh, you need to find what's best for you, <laughs> of course. Uh, some tips. <laughs> yeah, I think you, Anna, you said something that's very important. You have to find something that you love doing. For me, if I had to go to the gym, which I hate, I would fail miserably every week. But then there's many other kinds of exercise that then, okay, I feel I do it and I feel that it brings some value and I feel good about it afterwards and then I put some priority in doing it. Um, so I think finding something that really works for you, it's, it's critical. I think that's the only way you're going to devote time to actually doing it and follow through uh, and see the long-term effects. So I think this is very important. Um, I I think it's, it's like with, I think this question is important because there's also for the other things, right? What are the other passions outside work? Uh, exercise is one, but how do you find time for the other passions you have, for reading, for, I don't know, dancing, whatever. So it's also what makes life meaningful, right? And give you some perspective, even to the problems we have at work. We have a lot of other things we do outside, then put some, some things into perspective. 
Um, but exercise is obvious. It's uh, it's critical. So uh, it's definitely one of the most important things. Uh, but I think finding something that you're passionate about really helps quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Finding something you're passionate about. And I 100% agree with putting it on the calendar. My discipline is bad uh, when it comes to this. And um, I had like, people will book, I'm sure this happens to everyone here, people will just book over things on your calendar. And so it's about being going, no, this is my time. Do not book over this. I'm sorry, I will not attend this meeting. You have to do that. Because it's very easy to be like, well, there's this really important meeting. I should go to it. But it booked over the time that I had my me time that was needed. Um, so finding good ways to hold to that focus time, finding ways to hold to that exercise time. Um, and um, and experiment with different things, or maybe like each week have a different something that you can test out to see how it fits in your schedule. That's what I struggle with is finding the thing that does fit into my schedule um, that works for me because I'm like, it's lunchtime, but I still need to eat and then things can run over and and um, and it's easy after the workway. You're so tired. You do, the last thing I want to do after work is exercise. So. Um, but yeah, it's a struggle. I'm still struggling with this. Yeah, it's so difficult. I think the calendar idea in theory should really work. And I'm, I'm a slave to my calendar. I literally put everything in, even like silly things like got travel to here, drive to here. And you know, you go in that way, but you just still allocate the time for it. Um, but I'm the nightmare for, I'll put, okay, an hour in the gym or an hour doing a class or this, and then I'll just push it back and push it back and push it. And then it's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You're like, I'm really going to go now um what i found is trying to get it in earlier because then you've got the rest of your day that does help but again it comes down to the priorities of are you going to then do something at maybe 10 a.m when that's still quite early in the work day are you going to prioritize non-work um yeah it's it's an interesting one um i don't think there is a solution and i think everybody's different as well aren't they <laughs> definitely yeah uh, well, very good tips here. Walk and talk, me time. I like that. Really nice. And and finding something that you're passionate about. I mean, you 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 have to find your solution. But uh, I think we all can agree that it's 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 a challenge in a sense. And we all know it's so good, right? Really <laughs> feel good afterwards. And and I think it's important for the balance, as we the theme here is. Um, we will be happier and. Um, be nicer and everything will be better if we have this uh, in our calendars, right? And I think also think that the weather uh, depends. It depends like in the winter, it's so much easier <laughs> to stay in. And then in the summer, it's nice to be outside. So it's also depending on, <laughs> how, at least for me, if it's not snowy and it's not always in Stockholm. So <laughs> in the winter, it's more raining. So then it's harder to get out. Yeah, but early in the morning is good if you're a morning person and then you can just have your clothes and just do it <laughs> and go out, not without thinking. I think that works uh, for me sometimes, but you need to find what's working for you, of course. Yeah, I think if you get into the routine, like you said, that works for you. If you just get into the mindset of this is part of my daily routine now, it's just what I do. Um, that can really help as well, but it is the challenge of getting to that point. <laughs> Yeah, and thinking about how it, I'm trying, like with the yoga, like 
the feeling you get after it. If you kind of can try to remember that feeling. So before I'm going to go out, I'm thinking about that feeling or running or something. That mm. gives me more motivation to get out. Uh, if you kind of can, can encapsulate <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but then also doing other passionate things. Like the, we have a choir at work. It's really not nice to be singing together. Um, and I think it's really important that that's something that is okay, that we have a choir at work. <laughs> and it's not only exercising, it's other things that is good for your health. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've never I've never heard of that before, a choir at work. So that's, has that started just through lockdown, through the kind of restrictions? No, of it was, uh, I think, two, two or three years ago we started with it and more and more people. And the beginning in the lockdown, we didn't have it because we didn't know how to do it <laughs> on the, like, the digital way. But now uh, we have it uh, as well. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. It'd be good for, for as well, Luke, as you said, your passion music. You could incorporate that into Spotify somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, because it's good for your brain to fo just focus on something. And so that will help you. And that, that like singing is something you need. To, <laughs> it's hard to think about other things at the same time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably we'll see more of those yeah, different is, things at work. Like I think you will. Hobbies. I think. 100% these initiatives will come in more and more um, and I think it's crazy how so many different companies do things a little bit differently um, but all kind of with the same goal of, of increasing a work-life balance um, but yeah I just want to kind of wrap up I appreciate we've got 10 minutes left um, I think my question um, I wanted to kind of put to you guys was how you see a work-life balance correlating to productivity um, I think obviously we mentioned Lucas you mentioned earlier not everything has to do with kind of money and output and the, the business side of things you have to care about the people um, but in your experiences how do the two correlate between between kind of work-life balance and, and productivity? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's an interesting distinction that we can make to try to answer this question. Uh, for me, it's the distinction between um, efficiency and effectiveness, and both of them as proxies to productivity. You think about efficiency, um, it is all about reducing downtime. So like a, a very efficient machine is a machine that never stops. Uh, and it's also true for humans if you think about very simple, repetitive tasks. Um, it's like a, it's an efficient human. Um, and if that human fails, you replace with another human and keeps doing the same simple tasks. It's like a very efficient process. Um, but when we talk about effectiveness, it's more about what is the outcome? What is the success of the outcome? And then the, it's an interesting that downtime for effectiveness is not only a positive thing, but it's actually a requirement for you to be effective. So you have to pause, you have to breathe, you have to take time off uh, in order to deliver an effective uh, outcome. And I think the, if we think about mental, um, mental health and um, work-life balance, it has a lot to do with pausing, right? It's about not delivering uh, work at any cost as long as you do it fast. It's more about, especially more creative industries, um, as the industry we are talking about here, 
having the time to do this reflection and lead a more contemplative life, I think it helps a lot in being effective, which is really the measure that is important for productivity in the industries that we're, we're talking about. So I think there's this correlation between leading a better life, having a better relationship to work, taking pauses, breathing, this will make you more effective and this will be a practice, proxy for productivity. So it will lead to better outcomes. So that's my take on it. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And that you, to be able to access all your, your, your whole brain, you need to have that kind of uh, uh, like work-life balance that we're talking so much about. Uh, and that's something that's really important as well if you kind of, um, yeah, expect that, that people working uh, long hours, that there are companies that that is is really as we talked about before that is something you're um uh, yeah can't find the word right now but <laughs> uh, yeah but but if you have a culture where it's really and you need to, to have examples for that all the time that that you that you appreciate or that it is important that you work your not those long hours but what you can actually do with those hours uh, it doesn't matter if it's five hours instead of eight hours a day if you're if you have your full capacity those five hours uh, so um, like and that i think also not measuring what time the person works. <laughs> I know we do that in some companies, but we don't do that in that way. So I don't know how many hours. And that, of course, could help me if they work too much, but because it's, it's what they're doing on those hours and what they can create uh, that is more important, not exactly how much time they put in it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as Lucas mentioned, the today we work a lot with cr being creative, right? We need to create new things. We're not this machine <laughs> band uh, uh, working in the, in the um, in the factory, and and you need to shift uh, environment. You need to shift and get new impressions in order to be able to be creative. Uh, so I think it's really important that people are having this varied uh, environment and and. Uh, a balanced life. We need to be uh, awake, have a good sleep, and need to be social in order to get and hear other things. If you in your bubble the whole time, you will not have the the influx of other ideas, new ideas, and so forth. So I think that's super important that that makes it more productive and more. Um, it's good for the company to have. It's good for profitability to have uh, people that are in balance. I believe. Truly. I think it can be dangerous when you are overworked and burnout and something you love to do is now just that love just drains right out of you and it becomes a chore. And then, um, and then that just dread of what you have to do and the quality can go down. And then, especially when you realize you're like, I'm not putting out what I could put out, but like mentally you just can't. And then you can start to spiral <laughs> as well. Um, and then, and then it can obviously affect the productivity of the rest of the team. It can affect dynamics, relationships. It can just go, but just nothing is worse than just something you loved. And now you're just, you're just overworked and burnout and you just, you can't anymore. You don't love it. And you just don't want to be doing this. 